hello and welcome everyone to the Riverfront Red Show. This is episode number 525 of the world's most dangerous podcast where we will discuss the Cincinnati Reds and specifically a little spring training overreaction time. Cactus League champs. Absolutely. Um, so here to do that with me is a man who needs no introduction, but you're going to get one anyway. Host of Late Night Reds, Tim Daniel. Tim, thank you for joining me. How are you today? Nate, I'm fantastic. I wrapped up my college basketball coverage last night for the season, of the regular season, I should say, because I think for some godforsaken reason, Xavier's going to play in the NIT. Um, but uh, I am I'm good. I'm good. I mean, it is spring training season, and I'm not going to lie to you. Even over on Twitter, the vibes have been pretty good. So you know that things are trending in the right direction when we're not fighting with each other over there. So we're going to keep that energy going here on this podcast today. But before we do, please head over to youtube.com slash Riverfrontcincy or your favorite podcast and or. You can do both. And give us a subscribe. We prefer you like, do both, follow. actually. We, yeah, we'd love that. We'd appreciate that from you. Yeah. Um, give us a like, a subscribe, or a follow. It helps the podcast grow, and that's uh, what we're trying to do with this whole thing. Um, and very importantly, shout out to the Patreon family. Love you guys. They um, keep this operation on the road. Couldn't do it without them. Movie night was fun. Over there. Yeah. Yeah, we had a movie night last Saturday where a bunch of us got together. We watched Major League. You may have heard of it, and we kind of just bantered back and forth throughout it. It was, uh, it was really fun. It's great getting to hang out with the guys, and yeah, hoping to do more things like that in the future. Let's do it. All right, so let's get into some of the news this week. Uh, uh, big one. The Reds announced the Grand Marshals for the opening day parade. Who are they, Tim? They are Demet Hook, Demetri Young, and 1999 nationally Gold Glove second baseman, Pookie Reese. I love it. I love these two because those were some dark times for Reds fans. Yeah, the, the 90s in general for the most part. Mm. But I have some fond memories of those guys. I remember being in high school and – did y'all have ICQ? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's like 50-50 people know what ICQ is. You're not is. that much older than me. You know this, right? Well, I mean, I got to college and everybody had AOL, but nobody had ever heard of ICQ. So – I was on there, and I'm watching GameCast, and I can't remember the exact order, but I believe it was Demetri Young, Pokeris, and Jason LaRue went back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. And I'm posting as my like status on ICQ. It's like, meet Pokey LaRue back-to-back-to-back, to back to back. and nobody cared. Nobody was paying attention. But for some reason, that always stuck with me. Um, two fantastic representatives. Do you have any memories of those guys that you're uh, excited to share? I actually met Dimitri Young um, 2013 at the Reds Hall of Fame. He was doing a signing and he was awesome. Like the line was pretty long as they normally are for, you know, how much the city loves the team and players and stuff like that. But he was personable with everybody. He took pictures with everyone. I love pro wrestling. He loves pro wrestling. So we had a moment we talked about that. So um, he actually has a pro wrestling podcast. Did you know this? I did not know that. Yeah, he has a podcast where he discusses pro wrestling. You have to get him on your show. You guys would just go for days. There would be no baseball conversation. <laughs> I love it. So I think those that's a fantastic choice. Um, I think Jim Day is going to be like the honorary grand marshal, whatever that is. But I uh, love Jim Day, so support that too. So uh, things are ramping up over there, and my goodness, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. There's been some talks about trying to trying to work it out. But Wait, what? 
this is, you know, just some talks. When there's news worth breaking, it'll break. But um, I think that this city is going to explode on opening day. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the most fun opening day in a long, long time. Can't wait to see all the coverage and a couple of good grand marshals. Um, next up, just really want to touch on this real quick. George Foster, um, legendary red from the Big Red Machine, is recovering from heart bypass surgery. Oh. As far as I saw, it just said that he is doing fine. There are no other details provided. But there was one amazing quote that said, Regarded by his teammates and fans as a gentleman, the quiet outfielder batted fifth in the Reds' legendary lineup. He helped the Reds win World Series titles in 75 and 76. I love that. As a, as a gentleman and a quiet outfielder, he just went out there and hit baseball. So get well soon, George Foster, sending all of the positive vibes your way. Absolutely, absolutely. Met George Foster a couple times, too. Also, very fun dude to be around. And a gentleman. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right. Spring training hype. The hype train has left the station, Tim. Yes. And it's not and coming back. It's not coming back. It's getting wild. I'm over here calling MVPs and Cy Young. I'm wondering how they can give the MVP to multiple Reds at the same time. Mm-hmm. And some of them are guys like Tyler, Tyler Callahan, who I don't yeah. even know. He's a stud. It's so much fun. I'm over here doing a standings check. The Reds are three and one and a tie, three and one and one. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know it's spring training. I know that 99% of everything that comes out of spring training doesn't matter. But I cannot help myself. I'm treating the spring training standings like LeBron treated the in-season tournament. We're going to hang a banner. That's right. <laughs> um, they are a game behind the Los Angeles Dodgers, who they play tonight. So we'll see the results of that. The uh, shellacking that the Reds are going to give Shohei's Dodgers tonight. And yeah, man. I am having so much fun I'm just watching baseball again. It's, I know. It's excellent. Do you have any any particular story or tidbit that has been of interest to you so far? Well, uh, you know, game one, the Will Benson Homer got our show Woo-hoo! in trouble on YouTube. So Let's go. We yeah. sacrificed monetization for an episode. So I guess you're not allowed to play those things. I found that out pretty quickly. It's worth it. Worthy <laughs> sacrifice. People need to see it if that not already. Well, if, if you don't know what he's talking about, Will Benson goes yard, hits an absolute. I got tank. the clip right here, actually. I can pull it up real fast. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute rocket. Um, stands there, pimps it for a second, then flips his bat. We're flipping bats in spring training home runs. Day one in spring training at that. Electric. I saw a few interviews from people completely unrelated to that. Um, other players talking about how. Their favorite moment of last year was his walk off against the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And the, that was a bat spike, more of a bat spike than a bat flip. But uh, the Will Benson era is, uh, oh, it's upon us and it is glorious. Yeah, it is, man. It's been, he's been, I mean, he's so fun. I do just root for on a day to day basis. And um, I think the Reds had a tweet the other day where they were like, oh, we missed when hats fell off Will Benson's head or something to that matter. And, <laughs> That made me laugh. Um, obviously, he's you know always a fun conversation. The pitching has been really, and again, we're talking mm-hmm. about. I know we're going to get to this a little later uh, with uh, with Hunter, but I think the pitching's been really, really impressive so far. It's been I spectacular. Mean, yeah, what have they given up? Like very little amount. Uh, Frankie Montas threw two innings the other day against the Cubs. Two and, perfect innings. Yeah, looked really, really good. Uh, we talked about you know uh, we talked about Hunter's outing uh, late night Reds on Sunday, and we're going to talk about it a little bit here as well. So that was great. And then um, 
sounds like Nicola Dola is not too far away from participating. So that's promising. So the pitching part's been great. Edwin Arroyo. I mean, just been super yeah, fun. Super definitely fun. wanted to touch on him a little bit later, but um, I was probably lower on Edwin Arroyo. We can just do it right now. I was probably a little bit lower on Edwin than most. Um, it seemed like the glove would play. Admittedly, I haven't watched him a ton. He's you know down to the lower ranks last year. And not only does his glove play, but he is already looking like a gold glover out there. Yeah. This is a guy that's probably going to – what's he going to start in double A? Yeah. Sure, probably. Um, But there were questions about his bat. It was highly rated going into last year, but he really struggled out of the gate. Definitely turned it around later in the minor league season, but I was just – I was just a little concerned. Not anymore, man. The hype train for him is over the moon. He looks like an absolute stud out there, and he's going to force this team to answer some pretty serious questions sooner rather than later because if there's any franchise in Major League Baseball that knows, that has experience with young guys being ready ahead of schedule, it's the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, no kidding. Everybody that we're so excited about this season was ahead of schedule. So what happens if he goes and just knocks the cover off the ball and we're in late July, mid-July, and he's just dominating Louisville? I don't Um, know. Good questions to be asking, though. Yeah. I think at that point you're talking about, is Jonathan India literally going to be traded this time? That's a good point. Yeah. And I think that's it. Um, The guys on Talking Baseball actually brought that up uh, on their most recent episode. They're winners and losers of the offseason. They were praising the – J. Mark Candelario signing, they were saying, because while, you know, we talked about it at length, the, the Reds have a glut of infield talent. Just because they didn't make a move in the offseason doesn't mean they can't later. Right. Yeah. So let's keep an eye on that. Obviously, we were getting way out ahead of our skis. The guys had like seven spring training at bats, and we're yeah. going play to the spring. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's one of the reasons I'm so pumped about the spring training is it's been this much fun already. And we haven't seen a single at bat from Jonathan India, from Noelia Marte, from yeah. Matt Stinkin McLean. Not to mention tonight's matchup starting uh, Graham Ashcraft, some other pitchers that we're just pumped to see. So, oh man, it has been fun. I'm so glad baseball is back. The weather's been good where I'm living. Yeah, no complaints here. <laughs> just, it's just feeling like baseball season all the way around. Yeah, man. Well, we got a little rain yesterday, but other than that, you know, it's been pretty yeah. solid. April showers. Oh crap, it's February. All right, so we'll get into um, a few of the results from these spring training games. But you know what? Before I do so, you know what you should do? You should go to one of these spring training games. I always wanted to. And if you wanted to, you need to buy a ticket. Do you know the best way you can buy a ticket to one of these games? Is this rhetorical or are you asking me? I'm asking you. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, there's this fantastic website out there called SeatGeek, and they're friends of the Riverfront. How did you know? Yeah, shout out to SeatGeek, the sponsor of this week's episode. Um, They are offering $20 off your first purchase by using promo code Riverfront at checkout, and that is for your first purchase on SeatGeek. So um, they are, I mean, they're the goats. They're the best ticket buying app out there. They are the easiest to use. Uh, If it's a green light, that means it's a good deal. If it's a red light, that means it's a bad deal. It's spring training. You're going to be able to get some good deals. But... You can use it for anything, baseball, basketball, concerts, 
Field hockey, probably not field hockey. I don't know if they have field hockey on there. They probably do, yeah. Sea geek, of course they do. So yeah, promo code Riverfront at checkout. Get your tickets. Go watch a spring training game. And if you would have been in Arizona on Saturday, you could have seen the Reds beat the Guardians forward to nothing. And we're not going to go hard in the paint on these stats because again, spring training and they're playing fifty people a game. Right. But a couple <laughs> quick notes for me: those pitchers you were talking about, Tim, struck out ten. About seven hits and zero runs. Any of the pitchers stand out to you from that? Um, one? I have to look. I had, I had notes. Um, so at the moment, not looking. Too well, we, we talked about your boy Carson Spires. Um, yeah, looked like a dude. He had dude potential. Like dude. I was yeah. skeptical about his ability to be a dude, but um, depth is going to be a theme of this season, I think. And he is looking like a guy that could be a part of that. I thought Fernando Cruz, who got. A little bit of time in that splitter is already looking like it's in mid-season form. Yeah. And then again, we talked about Will Benson goes deep and the GOAT, Tyler Callahan. Hits a security guard with a home run. I mean, Hit a security guard. What was, was it that an about? Usher? I don't know. Could have been an usher. Somebody who was working at the facility. Tyler Call- Callahan, how dare you? She's just sitting there doing her job, yeah. enjoying the sunny Arizona weather. Can you go off and hit her with a baseball? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. If that happens again, we're going to have problems. Mm-hmm. Um, game two, the Reds beat the Angels 9-4. to four. Um, That was the Hunter Green game. Uh, Brandon Williamson also looked really good that game. Yeah. A three-strikeout in, inning from Captain Hook himself, TJ Antone. Did give up a run, but yeah, he's healthy. Right. That's, that's most important. Period. End of point. He's healthy. Um, back to Hunter, though. That's one of the things I'm having so much fun watching. I'm going to continue having so much fun watching is this, uh, this, these new pitches that he's at. He did throw the curve and the splitter. Um, he actually threw that curveball in a three-two count, which I thought was fun. Was, yeah, and again, his wide training stats don't matter. He walked the guy, of course. He threw a pitcher that a pitch that he's not familiar with. I said he didn't he love it, but he's daring enough to do it. Yeah, he's giving it a shot. That's what spring training's for. He says it was a little iffy. But he also said that splitter felt fantastic. I think he used the words unbelievable and fantastic. So he's got a beard now, man. He's using mature words. Him and Tyler Stevenson are just, they're ready to blossom. Mm-hmm. Um, that they saw multi hit days from Spencer Steer, Connor Capel, Stuart Fairchild, our beloved Edwin Arroyo, and Bubba Thompson. Bubba T. And a nuke from uh, Luke Maley, from your boy. Local Luke. Local Luke. Um, had a little split squad situation going on in games three and four. We got to see an old friend in a different uniform, which I'm not going to lie, brought a little tear to my eye. Mm-hmm. Going to cry again just thinking about it. I promised myself I wouldn't do this. Now, Luis Castillo facing the Reds. Some great pictures going around of some of the guys, the coaching staff, and Luis. Um, even better that we did not get – we as we as come on the team. The Reds did not get no hit. <laughs> Yay! There's one hit, one gosh darn hit. They almost did, but um, Jacob Hurtabisi breaks up a little no-no. And here's a question for you. Hurtabisi, who had another decent outing a couple days later. Sneaky 26 man. Maybe. I've talked about him all. I mean, I like him. I've talked about him quite a bit this offseason, so... You have, and a uh, member of the Riverfront family, Joe Farsing, has been high on Mr. Herd of BC for a long time. Kind of put him on my radar. Um, the guy's an athlete, and he's been out there 
doing everything that could be asked of him. I don't expect he will, but you know that that twenty six spot is definitely up for grabs. So yeah. it's fun to see these guys going out and competing and put pressure on each other because nothing's promised in this league. And I'd love to see him make a move. Yeah, you can definitely tell. I mean, Stuart Fairchild, I joked about it Sunday. Uh, he's read the tweets. He's kept receipts on what people have said about him, and he's he's come ready to ready to bomb it in yeah, spring he, training. If he keeps this up, I'm going to owe Stu an apology. <laughs> we all are. Because I, I, I've fired off some of those tweets. And uh, as we always say on here, we they're in a red uniform. I want every single one of them to succeed. I may have opined that that spot could be better served with a different person in it. But, hey, Stuart Fairchild is going to turn into Babe Ruth for a few months. I'm glad he's on our team. Right. Same. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. So that game, like I said, the Reds lost two to nothing to the Mariners. Um, pitching was a story all day long. The only runs the Reds gave up were by a couple guys that I've never heard of. Um, pitchers that threw that you have heard of gave up zero runs. And that is Andrew Abbott, who looked fantastic. Two perfect yep. innings, I believe. Abbott was so good that they said he had to go through a bullpen after the game because he was too efficient. It's like, you didn't throw enough pitches. We're going to take you out and make you go pitch some more, <laughs> which is a, that's a good sign. Um, Lion Richardson, yeah, exactly. Lion Richardson looked good. Lucas Sims, strong outing. Expecting a big year out of Lucas Sims. I think he's going to be. He's another one of those guys. Tell out, tell off a little bit down the stretch. Was otherworldly in the first half. It was incredible, yeah. and was still perfectly fine in the second. But I'm I'm ready for a big year from him. And then Brent Suter came in. It was scoreless inning. The Reds pitching is just shutting guys down. Like, not a surprise. A lot, of, a lot of hitters are, you know, just taking pitches, trying to get their timing done and stuff. But I'm never going to complain about <laughs> them winning those little matchups. And it's free trading, so that's all we have to do. Yeah, that's all we have to talk about right now. So That's it. Elsewhere in that split squad situation, the Reds thumped the Milwaukee Brewers 8-3. to Love to you see it. it. Love to see it. You also love to see a two-hit day for young Ellie De La Cruz. Mm-hmm. Uh, brother Stu Fairchild and Reese Hines hit a couple tank jobs. Three signs was my prediction for first home run of the spring. It wasn't first. It was like fourth or something. But yeah, this he's a fun story. I don't have the stats up in front of me, but he's an athletic freak. Yeah, yeah, he is. And he is another one of those guys, much like TJ Friedel a few years ago, that apparently was struggling. He's always had crazy raw power and this athleticism, but the uh, – the, the, the baseball card numbers just never never came together. We're striking out way too much, walking not enough, but he made some mechanical adjustment to his swing, and that happened about halfway through last season, and he was incredible from then on. Yeah, so I've if, always been high on him. Yeah. Um, if you are one of those people that wants to start getting into prospects more than you already are, he could be a fun guy to keep an eye on because – you hear me say this a lot on this show, but there's so many people that the Reds have now, this this, this depth that they've never had, at least not as long as I've been a fan, that if this guy puts it together, if this guy puts it together, it's going to be an embarrassment of riches. And he's another one one of those guys that yeah, – Absolutely. Yeah, he can – the things he can do on a baseball field are otherworldly. Yeah. Um, on that game, I think it's important we mentioned too. Uh, Jake Fraley played right field, so it looks like the toe is mm-hmm. behind him. Um, went one for two, had a walk, did Jake Fraley things. So, 
Uh, that's always a promising sign. Uh, twenty twenty first round pick Austin Hendrick went one for two. Ooh. I don't know what his projections are. Um, everything has been kind of underwhelming that we've read about him. Obviously, like you said, they're in the organization, so we want them to do well. But uh, here's his chance. He's in big league camp, and you know, first first time out there, he did all right. Yeah, we'll uh, definitely keep an eye on him. He was a first round draft pick in that 2020 COVID draft. Yeah. If you go back and look at a lot of those picks for most teams, it was uh, a little bit funky. Obviously, you know, scouting was able to be done. He's had some really brief flashes, but they've been brief. Would love to see him put it together. Glad he's getting the experience. And then if you're going to figure it out, hanging out with all these dudes every day and these coaches, what's going to get you there? Should we we talk about Rhett Louder? That was next. Dude. Dude. I, I should have gotten like a like a like a choo choo train file or something so we could just blast it every time we're pulling the hype train out of the station. Yeah. Go on, Rhett Ladder. Oh my gosh, one inning, two strikeouts. Pitches were moving. I am, uh, you know, Carlos talked about our good friend Carlos Guevara talked about um, how hard it is to pitch in Phoenix in this time of the year, just because how hard is it get a grip on a baseball? Uh, mm-hmm. Rhett Ladder does not have that issue apparently. No. He, you know. One inning, two strikeouts. I get it. It was late in the spring training game. I, like I said, we it's kind of the preference. All the caveats, all the qualifiers, sure. But, but this guy is – it's the first professional inning. Looks very impressive. So this conversation we've been having, Ben and I, about um, there's all this stuff coming out. Like, could he start in double-A this season? And it's kind of crazy to think about because that if you start in double-A, like, you're extremely, extremely good at baseball. Yeah. Uh, so – now that I've seen this one ending that I'm overreacting to, like maybe it's a strong possibility he's in Chattanooga to start the year. I have actually seen two reports now that that is on the table. Yeah. Which is crazy for them to even be putting it out into the world, especially the Reds who typically play everything very close to their chest or vest. Right. Cliche goes. The uh, everything, every single thing you have heard about Rhett Louder from everyone who has been asked about Rhett Louder has been incredible. Yeah. The catchers are saying his pitches do things that are insane. He's got a bunch of them. The other pitchers are just blown away with how polished he is at this stage in his career. He's drawn pictures of dudes. Did you see that? No. He took out a pencil and paper and drew an incredible picture of Luke Maley. Oh, okay, sure. Google that when you got him in, and he just gave it to him. He might be my new favorite player, not to mention those glorious locks. TJ Friedel just gave him his hair. It was very nice of him. Did your brother know that you said that since he's a Wake Forest alum? Well, you can't win them all. Yeah. And, you know, I apologize to my boy Graham Ashcraft, who's actually my favorite player. (laughs) They're all. They're all my favorites. I love every one of you guys. You're in uniform, you're my guy. That's it. Also in that game, real strong start from Nick Martinez. Yeah. Yeah. It looked really good. So that pitch and this theme. Then in game five, the Reds, uh, they tied the Cubs 6-6. to I'm counting it as a win because, once again, all the runs allowed were by players I have literally never heard of. No hyperbole. I still don't know who they are. I read their names and forgot them immediately. Wish him well. Will Benson had another big day, though. Had a couple hits. Had probably my favorite play so far where he hit a single. 
and caught the Cubs sleeping and took second base. Love that. So the Reds, the Reds are already up the Reds things. Yep. He's going to have such a monster year. I'm so excited about Will Benson. Question. So Let's get into this a little bit now. Um, what do you project for Will Benson in 2024? So, we talked about this a couple weeks ago um, because Fangraphs kind of said if there's anyone who's going to have the big drop this year, it's him. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. I just really feel like he's good. I, I feel like he's going to have his best power. We're going to see the most power we've ever seen from him this year. I really believe that. And we saw glimpses of it last year, obviously. Um, I think, you know, but this year I feel like he's going to really, really take off. I think he has the upside of being a 2025 home run guy. He has the upside of being a 20 stolen base guy. Um, and we know he's probably Sands Friedel, the best defensive outfielder they have. So um, I'm really excited about him. Obviously, as you can tell from our conversation, uh, we've been pro Will Benson people here at the <laughs> Riverfront for, you know, since he was traded to the team for Steve Hazier. And um, we won't stop being pro Will Benson people. No. No. So you posted a great short on youtube.com slash Riverfront Cincy about what he's been doing and, how much you've been impressed by him and you've made the conversation on there of give a chance against lefties, see what he can do. And I'm in that boat as well, because if it doesn't work out, then it's just like, okay, it doesn't work out. Um, But if it does work out, then that's a whole nother weapon you have for your team. And he's still young enough to like learn where he is in baseball. And I think that he deserves a chance to kind of, especially in spring training, go throw him out there against lefties, see what happens. Yeah, that's, that is 100% it for me. I don't understand why they wouldn't. I'm not saying that they're not. I don't know right. if they had an opportunity to do so in spring training yet. Um, I know David Bell does love platooning dudes, and I think he has sort of a um, a roster now that even if he does go heavy on the platoons, we're going to be happy with the lineups day in and day out. But Will Benson was a top draft pick. This guy has the pedigree. He struggled all through – his career up until pretty much triple a 2022 mm-hmm. when he puts together struggled in the majors and, and the limited time he saw there struggled out the gate in Cincinnati. And then he went on a tear. That's so, so impressive. He, and who does he give credit to Joseph Daniel? Yeah. More have you seen the later. clip from, have you seen the clip from his, like, I think it was an a ball. He had a four home run game. No, I don't think so. Doesn't, nice. doesn't surprise me. I was going to ask you why you were selling him short by calling him a 2025 home run guy. I think he might hit 2025 home runs in spring training. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can see why Fangraphs might think that he could regress a little bit. And that's only because he had a 130 OPS plus last year. <laughs> so he could regress and still be the best hitter on the team. And I'm not saying I'm projecting that, but it would not blow my mind. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to be excited about his upside, and you can say that about the whole team. I'm well aware of that conversation, but yeah, man, uh, he's one that I'm particularly very stoked about. I have I have dabbled on the fanatics on the MLB shop to see if I can uh, have a Will Benson jersey delivered to my por- front porch step. Maybe wait until they come out with uh, round two of their jerseys because <laughs> yeah, you, have to, you have to be under a rock to not be aware of the conversation going on. There is that. Um, I just I. I have no basis for this worry, but I find myself being worried that David Bell is going to pigeonhole him into a a, a platoon where he doesn't face lefties 
before he's given the chance. And I know it's difficult to give players that chance when you're putting yourself in the playoff hunt from day one. You can't waste at bats. So spring training is when they should do it. And I would love to see it just so we know definitively he can or he can't, at least until the next season, because players can't improve. I know it's wild, but players can. So watching Will Benson, so excited for this guy. He brings an energy to this team that cannot be duplicated. Yeah, agreed. we're going to see so many bat bat flips coming up. All the bat flips. All right, lastly, um, I do want to touch on two other players that we haven't quite yet, and that is – Frankie Montas and Connor Phillips both looked really, really good in their initial yeah, outings. And a really good article from Charlie Goldsmith on Connor Phillips today. I don't know if you got a chance to see that. No, but Charlie's my guy. So Charlie is the man. Um, what what was he saying? I think I've got some notes on that a little bit later. Oh, yeah. He says, you know, if you look back at Connor Phillips, his last start of last season was brutal. I think he threw 12 pitches, zero strikes, and got pulled out of the game. That was his last appearance in 2023. Um, he went talked at length about how Joey Votto got him out of that funk. He said that he told him he wasn't the reason for the loss. He wasn't going to be the reason the team missed the playoffs. And he also said he told me that he'll see me at spring training and, and asked him uh, what he did, what he was doing the next week. So that made me a little bit sad, but I love Connor Phillips. I think this guy is such such a dude. He's a dog, man. He um, apparently that game when he was brutal was injured. Didn't say anything. Wanted to go out there and compete. Then was asked about the injury later. Refused to say what it was. He's like, nope, not making an excuse. My job was to throw strikes, and I didn't do it. So I think he's an absolute dog. Uh, two scoreless against the Cubs. Overpowering fastball with a little slider curve combo, working on a couple other pitches too. Yeah. Just constantly trying to improve, and he is a competitor. So super big on Connor Phillips. Any Connor Phillips thoughts? Uh no, just everything you said. You know, you like the guy like that who's just like more than willing to take the ball and, and you know, you know, take try, try to take over and compete. Um, I thought he looked really good that outing, obviously. Um, we're using the preference we've used the whole episode, but there's a lot to be excited about him. There's a reason he kind of ascended to the system fairly quickly last year. And there's a lot of roles he could have on this team. And I know we're kind of looking at who could be that potential last guy in the rotation with guys like him and Brandon Williamson and so on and so forth. But I think he's going to stake his claim to it. I don't know if he'll get it by any means, but I think mm-hmm. he's going to, he's going to make it a difficult decision. A hundred percent. You know, these guys, he's so young. He, he's got a lot of options. So plenty of time to work with. He was asked about that. And he said, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. It's like, I know we've got some really, really good guys. and I know I've got more to prove. He says, if I start my of the season down there, perfectly fine. I'm going to go down there. And I'm going to work. And I'm going to compete. He only had 11 starts in AAA last year. That's right. Where he had five in the majors. So the guy is very raw. Could probably use some time at AAA to uh, work on a few things. But my goodness. He also said, he's like, yeah, I expect to start in AAA. But, you know, it's no big deal. I'll be up in Cincinnati by midseason. <laughs> it's like, I just love his confidence. Swag. His attitude, man. Yeah. He is, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun room for that guy. That guy can play on my team any day. Anyone that goes there has that attitude, I'm in. 100%. All right, so we had actually a viewer mail question from Rich Thompson this week that we've Robert. already kind of touched on a little bit. So we should go ahead and make it official. 
Rich said, which players have impressed you the most so far in spring training? So I will take that, word it slightly differently. Of the people that, I mean, we can go deeper on people we've already mentioned, but the ones that we haven't, who has impressed you most? And I guess we can start start with the hitters. Do you have anybody other than Willie Benson? Or do we want to just keep talking about Will Benson, man? So I can talk I mean, about stolen bases and bat flips all day long. Yeah, same. I could do the same thing as well. Um, so obviously go with the caveat here that we don't we haven't had a chance to watch every single game by any means because of um the wonderful thing called Bally Sports. But yeah, I th- hate let me just hate on that for a minute. Yeah. I was anytime. I got married last year before I got married in Puerto Rico. Before I went down there, my wife and I, my then fiance, took my parents to Puerto Rico. So just so they wouldn't be sort of culture shock or shell shock when they got down there. Sure. Um, parents are from the mountains of Appalachia. We were at dinner one night, multiple nights, and my father is watching my high school nephew play baseball games from his phone in Puerto Rico. And we can't watch spring training games? Yeah. What is happening? How, how does this happen in 2024? I know, dude. It's the most... It's the most irritating thing because I don't know if people realize this, but uh, streaming is taking over. Like, it's a thing. NBA League Pass. I mean, Amazon has football games. The WWE just signed a deal with Netflix. They have Monday Night Raw every week. Like, it's time we catch up here, baseball. Like, make your product available to the people that want to see it most. Right. Yeah. I don't think it's it more accessible. Yeah. You want to get new fans? Go do that. Look what the Matt Ishby, <laughs> the Suns owners out there are doing. He's offering it up for free. Yeah. Love He's that, dude. Our basic cable. Go watch the team. We'll make the money elsewhere. Get it together, baseball. Suck yeah. it, Manfred. Absolutely. Joe Farsing loves you. Yeah, he does for some reason. We don't um, claim to do a farting anymore. Um, yeah, no, we've like, we've sent him down. It's like family, you know. Sometimes yeah. you're just stuck with him. Just kidding, love you, Joe. Um, we talked a little bit about Edwin Arroyo, but I am again astounded at how much he looked like he looks like he belongs. I cannot wait to tune into some more bats. The ones we're able to see throughout the rest of spring training and keep watching him defensively. I want to throw out a guy who. Will surprise no one, and I think he only has three at bats so far. Actually, five at bats, and that is my man Spencer Steer. I was going to say Spencer Steer. Yeah, two for five in his limited time so far. But I don't, I just don't remember a player outside of the greats, Joey Votto, of course, that look as comfortable in a batter's box as Spencer Steer does. A player his age to just have such a commanding presence. Like he knows exactly what he's going to do every time. Go look at some of his uh, you know, more advanced stats, like his, his two-strike yeah. stats. Spencer Steer just like, seems like a guy who wakes up, throws his jersey on, and goes and plays baseball. Cincinnati's going to freaking love him. I mean, they already do, but yeah. They already I agree. Yeah. Sign, sign him up. Long-term deal. Let's do it. I'm up for signing everybody long-term deals, all right? What's the terrible <laughs> thing that could happen there, right? It's uh, not our money. Lesser degree. Uh, I have been pretty impressed with Jacob Herdebeezy. I know we're only talking about four at-bats here, but dude's getting on base, and he stole base. He's pretty fast. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I'm excited to see. I think he, he was in Louisville. When you guys let me cover that Bass game last year, when you guys sent me down there, he played that game for a little bit. So I got to see it be his first AAA game. Um, so I hope to see, you know, get down there a little bit more and see him. He's a guy I'm pretty excited and really curious about, um, along with guys like Jay Allen. I know Jay Allen's only had mm-hmm. a can at bat or two, uh, but he's a guy that's always really interested me to see what he could be for this team. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the old Herd of BC and, of course, local Luke hitting bombs. Hitting bombs, man. I'll start the campaign now. Best backup catcher in baseball. Mm-hmm. No lies told. Don't tell the Braves that, but, you know. <laughs> Other than Who? That, yeah, I heard of BC, 45 stolen bases last year. The guy can fly. Yeah. Um, definitely rooting for him. Stu Fairchild, we mentioned, looks really good. I don't know the pitching side, Tim. Who has impressed you most? Mm. I'm going to go with Frankie M. He looked Ooh. awesome. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he looked awesome. Another guy, I talked about that with Rhett Louder, but the reports about Frankie Montas have been maybe even more glowing. Tyler Stevenson said he's a grade A human, an like awesome that. guy. It's a direct quote. A grade A human, an awesome guy. You'd love to hear that. Um, a lot of the players that were familiar with him, um, Luke Maley specifically, pre and post injury, injury obviously, are saying that he looks better than before. Um, he was perfect through two innings, through five different pitches. But for me, Tim, the most important part, the most exciting part, was that he sat 94 to 96 and topped at 97. Love to see it. Especially yeah, coming off an injury year. Yeah. Harder than he was before. We can be pretty encouraged by that, those results. A lot of people are worried. Um, I know the guys over at Locked On, Jeff Carr had a long bit to, to the, I listened to it today. I don't know when it came out about players' performances with this ailment in the first year. And to that, I say, we're already past the first year. Yeah, dog. Yeah. He came yeah, back he... last year. Got exactly four outs. But we are another half year removed from that one-year mark. So I am throwing those statistics out the window. Some of those statistics were back before we had artificial intelligence. And you know nothing counts before AI. Right. Yeah. We are both actually AI right now. We're not even here. Yeah. Who? Who are you? We went to chat GPT, whatever the Reds fan video version is, and says, uh, go spend 45 minutes talking about how awesome Will Benson is. And this is what you got. <laughs> I think people would believe that, actually. Yeah, they might. Yeah. Um, I'm also real pumped about Andrew Abbott. Um, he had those two perfect frames also. A lot of perfect frames from the Red starters, which is pretty stinking cool. We take those. We take them every time. Um, but another guy with a little extra velocity in his fastball, he was up to 94. And he said that he's never been there this early in his offseason program and training camp before. So I think for a guy who knows he got winded towards the end of last year and has said he spent all offseason working on endurance, that's just a fantastic sign. I agree. And I feel like he also gets lost in the shuffle. He was the story of last season for a big chunk of the season. Big part of the year, he was the best pitcher on the team. And he could be the number four starter. He could be the number five starter. He could be the number two. He could be the number two. This is crazy, and this team's got me too hyped. The sheer number of dudes in this camp that I can envision as one day, whether it be sooner or later, being a top half of the rotation arm, it's so special, Tim. It's so, so rare. Go look at this franchise's history with starting pitchers. It's not great, Bob. 
it's not littered with Hall of Famers up and down for a team as storied as the Reds are. But, man, call it spring optimism. But I have a feeling that uh, we're in a new era here, and we might have some seriously talented arms for years to come. I'm very excited about it, and I think this, like you mentioned, uh, the Reds are yet to draft to draft an all-star pitcher. Crazy. Yeah. So. And again, we haven't seen Nick Lodolo throw yet. Graham Ashcraft will have thrown. Hunter Green will break that. By the but... time this comes out. Yeah, I think so. Um, but they could have multiple guys this season break it. Yeah. It's hard to predict something like that, but it would not shock me in any way, shape, or form. Um, I fully expect by the time this drops that Hunter, uh, that Graham Ashcraft will have thrown Wait. a perfect game. I think I have that wrong. I think they've never drafted a Hall of Fame pitcher is what the stat is. Don't quote us on that. More feelings, no facts on this podcast. We do no <laughs> research. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know me. No research, Tim. You can believe it. Just don't quote it. All right. So, yeah, that's. I think we've pretty much covered most of what we've seen so far. Very excited to see the guys that we haven't seen yet. Like I say, Graham Ashcraft, Nick Dolo, Maddie McClain, Jonathan India. Um, just to name more, a few. Just to name a few. More CES at bats. Just. Could not be more excited. There's one thing that we need to touch on real quick. This is a big story for about 18 hours, it seemed like. Bunting is back. Yeah. Brent Butler hanging out in Reds camp. Yeah, former MLB All-Star Brent Butler is just teaching dudes how to lay it down. And this is a PG, PG-13 podcast, so we are talking about bunting. I don't think they want Brent Butler's advice on any other interpretation of that. Hope um, not. What are your... Uh, just... Quick thoughts. Uh, are, are you pro? A lot of people were kind of upset about this. So what were your initial thoughts? Um, I go back and forth. Uh, I mean, if it's someone that like, it's something you can use as a weapon, like Friedel does. Awesome. Go for it. Um, I don't want Ellie De La Cruz laying down bunts. I think that's a little crazy, but um, I do, you know, those, those guys that kind of try to get at anything or like, if you're like struggling to get on base and you have that in your back pocket, I'm fine with it. Completely fine with it. Um, I don't want to give away outs by any means. I'm not the biggest fan of that, but mm -hmm. I, uh, I do, I do think if it's something where if you have that skill set and you can put, bring that weapon in, uh, I'm all for it. I know people all the time wanted Billy Hamilton to be like, why can't he just bunt? Because occasionally they wrote, they, 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 they flip the strategy on you. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, if we can make it work, I'm down for it. I know Friedel's like the best at it. So, you know, that's a good start. We had 16 or 17 uh, bunts for base hit last year. They uh, had a bit in one of the articles I read that was saying that everybody else was acting like they were taking a, a 200 or 300 level university class in bunting. But TJ Friedel was over there in his master's program. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he was like him and Butler was talking about different things, even more advanced. Um, you were pretty spot on with that, though. Sacrifice bunts are usually dumb. I am anti-sacrifice bunt. But I'm encouraged by this because of a comment from Sean Pender. Sean Pender is the uh, – is he the GM now? or No, somebody else is the GM. He's a senior advisor to Nick Crawl, I believe. And he was speaking on how they prioritize uh, speed and athleticism now, and he said, with shift restrictions, bunt – hits and suicide squeezes i'll repeat that bunt hits and suicide squeezes have never been more important 
So he was very clear. He's talking about getting on base using the bunt and scoring runs using the bunt. He's not talking about sack punts. And yeah. for, for that reason alone, I have opened this. You mentioned that um, it can be a slump buster. You know, this team is full of ridiculously fast dudes, and you might be in a two- or three-game over skid. You lay one down the third or first baseline, get on base, dugout's going crazy. Reds got runners on second that are getting home on it. Suddenly, you've injected this team with some life, some energy, and that slump can be over. So I just think that with a team as young and, and, and fast as these Reds are, we shouldn't discount the bunt. I agree. So much, I think as it's... long as they're not laying down sacks. Yeah. Riff ice punts. Brett Butler's just teaching dudes how to lay it down. Just lay down sacks. Um, and one other little tidbit on bunting. People were going nuts about Ellie De La Cruz practicing bunting. For some reason, the uh, the sure baseball as entertainment fan <laughs> in true. me. Him flying down the baseline. Also, late game situation where the guy who is the fastest human being on the entire planet could either lay down a bunt or could even show bunt and then hit a 115-plus mile-an-hour nuke at your face is going to have an effect on these corner infielders. That's true. Like, how could that not? How could you take a screeching alley line drive and then have to come charging in when he like, when he shows bunt? Man, this guy's going to be scared to death, and I can't wait for it. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way. That's a good point. Yeah. Um... I guess we should touch on the Cubs, the stupid, stupid, fuzzy Cubbies. Signed Co- Cody Bellinger. Um, re-signed, I guess. He uh, got a pretty favorable deal. I like it for everybody but him. Yeah. Um, I understand why he's had, a, he's had an interesting career. Former two-time, well, former MVP and had MVP caliber numbers last year. Much like the Young Reds, I don't care. And that's the only reason this is on the, on the, uh, Love this. the doc. Love the docket today. They the Reds players were asked about their thoughts on Cody Bellinger resigning with the Cubs, and it was pretty unanimous. They don't care. Yeah, I think the Did headline was "Cool, we'll beat him with Cody Bellinger." <laughs> yeah, Spencer Steer's talking it. A couple other guys too. They were just like, "Doesn't matter." They're the same team as last year, and we're going to be so much better. The swag with this team is just unreal. And that's what's been coming. Uh, the reports from a lot of these beat writers. Um, I was listening to the baseball barbacast. Um, friend of yours, Jordan Schusterman. Good dude. Um, yeah, really good Fantastic dude. podcast. Fantastic. So go listen to those guys. Um, he spent some time with the Reds camp already. He just said that the vibes are immaculate. It's like They are just young and brash and aggressive, but in a good way. And they fully expect to go out and win the NL Central. And this is, I just, I can't get enough of it. I want to be in GABP in cold October on a night watching playoff baseball. I have to be there. So I think it's going to happen. I feel very good about it. And I think these guys feel very good about it too. So um, when the Reds ticket office calls me probably tomorrow to go ahead and pre-order my playoff tickets, I think I'm going to go ahead and do that. And uh, hopefully you're living in Cincinnati with me by then, Nate, and we can just go together. We'll be there together 100%. All right. So anything else you want to touch on here with spring training, Tim? Uh, No, I think that it's exciting, and it's really great that we're getting the feel, you know, all these feelings. It sounds like they're getting healthier. 
Um, so it sounds like Marte and in India should be back in the near future. Ian mm-hmm. Jabot is not too far behind from being able to throw again. Um, so I am, uh, I'm excited. I I'm very, very enthused by what we've seen so far. I know we're recording a few hours before the Dodger game tonight. So uh, really curious to see how that's going to look. Cause it's kind of, you know, them against a world series contender, however long they have their guys in before, you know, the, the rookie ball guys get in for at best in the mm-hmm. seventh and eighth. So, um, I'm genuinely curious, so I'm looking forward to seeing how things shake out and see how we kind of continue to fill out this roster for the next few weeks. Yeah, as long as there's just live baseball, we're gonna be happy, happy in these parts. And it'll be the oh. show comes out in like two weeks, and that's like my next like baseball's here. Like <laughs> that's how you know. Yeah, I love it. Um, quick injury updates: uh, Jonathan India still dealing with that plantar fasciitis a little bit. Um, he apparently tore it in the offseason. Also, they're not worried about it impacting his opening day or anything, and he can play through it, but just something to keep an eye on. And then the Reds made a couple signings since we last recorded. Those were for Tony Kemp Jr. and Mike Ford. Do you have any thoughts on those minor league signings? Uh, we No. We talked about this on uh, Late Night Reds the other day. Just extra bodies having camp. Yeah. Um, if they break camp and those guys are on the big league roster, we got problems. So, yeah, I agree completely. Um, I think that having triple A depth is a good thing. I think that Mike Ford can hit some nukes, so never a horrible thing to have a guy in triple A that can just you know go up top 450 every now and again. But, uh, don't Especially expect, that stadium. Yeah. yeah, don't expect to see those guys a ton in Cincinnati. Um, we were going to have a topic of the week this week, but spring training is the topic we just spent. 50 minutes talking about Will Benson and occasionally some other players. Mm-hmm. So let's um, let's go ahead and hop into some viewer mail questions. That sound let's all right? do it. Yeah. Awesome. As always, these questions come from our friends and family over at patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy, where you too can join the fam for as little as two bucks or as much as you want to donate. We accept all forms. You can use crypto. No, I don't think you can use crypto. Yeah, I don't know if you can use crypto. Yeah. You can... Um, Send me a check in the mail. You can Venmo me, Cash App, I don't know. Or you do it the easy way. You pay right there on the portal. As little as two bucks. We got a lot of fun things going on over there and a lot of exciting things in the works. So please come join the family. We are cutting it up 24-7 over there. First question comes from Joey Gaditza, the man. He says, Jonathan India said the Reds will win the NL Central with a new contract. Is he comfortable to assume that leadership role again? His mojo can only help the team. Thoughts? You'll take this first in. Uh, yeah, I think that at the moment he has to be the leader, right? Uh, maybe him and Candelario, but um, you've kind of seen him kind of grasp that that role uh, as early as last year going into camp when they were trying to say like we're going to prove everybody wrong, and you know they did. So, however long he's on the big league team, whether that is their whole year, whether you know we don't know what the future holds for him if he finishes up these two years, whatever, but. Um, I can attest that he is very motivated to do, you know, with everything that's going on. And also the guy just became a girl dad and there's no better dad mm-hmm. than a girl dad. So uh, me and J.I., we hold J.I. six. We hope we have that in common. Um, so we're cool like that. I, he says I can use that nickname. Um, and so I think that uh, the mojo is high and I'm really appreciate that he's kind of the guy who isn't afraid to say it. Uh, especially considering he was a guy that has all the right reasons to be pissed off at the team. And he's like, whatever business is business, just get me on a field and let's play some ball. Yeah. 
I think that's a testament to how much it seems like these guys really do get along. I know that people say that doesn't actually matter, but you can't tell me it's a bad thing. Um, it may not add wins, but I don't know. But I think I'm, I'm a fan of it. And whether or not his new contract makes him comfortable, I don't know. I can't speak to that, but I think he kind of backed up everything he said last year, and a lot of people, myself included, were a little bit a little bit skeptical mm-hmm. of his why he felt comfortable saying that. But the team responded in such a way that I'm all for it. They obviously follow his his lead, his energy, and his confidence in, in a lot of ways. So keep it up, Jonathan India. I'm here for it, buddy. Samesies. Hooper Powell says, still waiting for that right-handed outfield bat. Over under 50 games played in the outfield for CES. If I have to put, if I have to make a, a choice, I'm going to go under. Hopefully under. Though I have been banging the drum that they should figure out if he can do that or not. Much like Will Benson against left-handed pitchers, I would love to see CES get a bunch of reps in the outfield. They may be doing that at practice, and it's just so ugly that we'll never see it in a game. But I'd love to see it because if he could be that guy, then the lineup's just downright terrifying. Yeah. It is. Sounds like a possibly India could play a role in that as well, obviously. Um, Josh Harrison is in camp, who I don't expect to make the team, but also has outfield experience, right-hand hitter. So, I don't know. Adam Duvall still hanging out. Adam Duvall still hanging about. Or maybe they let Will Benson hit against lefties. There's that. That could happen. Problem solved. All right, our last question comes from John Doe. Didn't didn't know John Doe joined the family. He says, do you think Joey Votto would be willing to come back to the Reds in a lesser role? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that's – every time we've like this conversation's come up and it's been this big debate, it's been like, well, he's going to cause a problem if he doesn't play. Like, This is a guy who's pretty self-aware of where he's at and has always been self-aware. Um, and I'm sure this is going to piss some people off in the comments that all oh, they're talking about Joey Votto again, and we need to move on and blah, 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 blah. But well, we waited uh, until the 54th minute this week. So yeah, uh, yeah, we're getting, we're getting better, but I don't know where the conversation's ever been in a situation where he didn't like, he didn't understand what this team is. And you know, the conversation he had all last year was, I'm happy to be a part of this. I really want to be a part of it. I'm liking, you know, I like these young guys. I like being, part, you know, I like this momentum. So I think he'd be willing to, sure. Yeah, I um you know, he he said that he wanted to play. He still believes he can play. And I hope he is able to find that. But we are now in March when this drops and he's not at a spring training. Yeah. So whether or not I agree with what is happening around the league and these decisions that are being made is irrelevant. I wanted the Reds to pick up the option. Because, again, the Reds do have the money. They are just choosing not to spend it. And that takes the choice out of his hands. They pick up the option. He will get be in whatever role they ask him to be in. And that's one thing Joey has always done is his job without complaining. But with all of these tidbits, these interviews, these conversations, and it seems like there's two a week now 
of players talking about how Joey Votto has impacted their careers, whether it's Will Benson have, saying that he – and this is when Joey was hurt, by the way, not playing. Right. Sitting him down on the, play, on the plane and just showing him why his swing wasn't working. And he said, show me your two best swings. And he did. And Joey's like, well, here's why that's not going to work. You know, it's just not repeatable. Your pregame prep is off. Here's what you need to do. And look what happens. We spent an entire podcast giving flowers to Will Benson now. For spring training at best. Um, Connor Phillips, a pitcher, talking about the impact that he had on him. A pitcher. A pitcher who's not even going to start in the major leagues. Joey Votto doesn't have to do this. And I think his impact to the game can go so far beyond at-bats and defensive versatility that, yes, I would love to see him back in a lesser role. Whether he would take it, I don't know. But 29 other teams also haven't signed him to a regular playing time kind of gig yet. Right. And eventually you have to wonder if something's going to creep in where he says, okay, I'll come on a either a prove-it kind of deal or a bench bat kind of situation. And people are always in my mentions talking about how, oh, he doesn't play enough defense, defensive positions. He only plays first base and DH. Who cares? Every other player on the roster plays four positions. <laughs> you tell me you can't have one spot for Joseph Daniel Votto, who was a league average here last year and only two years away from being well, 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 well above average. You don't, you don't think him as one of the last guys off the bench can have an impact but behind the scenes as much as on the field? Not, I think you're crazy, but sorry. I go on my Joey Votto rants, and that's all I got for now. Yeah, Chad talked about it a bit in his, in his uh, newsletter this week and brought up he the did. point that there were some worse players the Reds gave at bats to last year, and quite a few. Quite so. a few. And I'm sorry for not bringing up Chad's um, newsletter earlier. He, he went in-depth on this, and... Joey has to be willing, of course. Mm-hmm. But if there's an opportunity there, I think they should take it. And mainly because something that you and I talked about a little bit earlier, Tim is our resident NBA expert here at the Riverfront. And there has been a movement over the last several years in the NBA where teams are choosing to pass over aging veterans who are going to get those sort of mid-tier deals and instead give that money to rookies or G League guys, just league minimum players, players who are worse but are cheaper, and they're going to have more control over them. Yeah. It seems like – and there's been a lot – I mean, players are furious about it because these these guys are worse. There is value. Go ask the Golden State Warriors the value of having Andre Iguodala on their team. Yeah, I mean – the Clippers might be the best team in the league right now, and they have Josh Primo in a roster spot when they had John Wall last year. Yes. So there are plenty of examples, um, and it seems like this is maybe what's happening in Major League Baseball. Look at the players still available available in the um, bigs right now. Guys like Adam Duvall, guys like Michael A. Taylor, guys that are established big league hitters are Dude, not getting deals. Blake Snell. I wasn't even counting him just because he's in a separate tier as a two-time Cy Young winner. That's just <laughs> ridiculous. Like, how is the this a that, thing? The deal that Cody Bellinger got. Like they're just I, I get you don't want to give out a bad contract. This is not what we're talking about. But the value that veteran leadership plays on this team is being 
in my opinion, undervalued by front offices. And we've seen that trend in the NBA, and we may be seeing that begin in Major League Baseball now. End of rant. All right, Tim. Anything else you want to add before we go? I think plug some shows, perhaps. Sure. Nate Dotson. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're checking us out on this feed, you know, every Sunday night, late night reds live myself and Ben Brown. And we just have a ton of fun chatting up with you guys, uh, talking about everything. The chat's always a blast and we definitely appreciate it. Um, This week, we are going to do NBA Friday. Sean is in uh, Disney World, of course, not with me. So that's fine. How dare you, Sean? Um, but um, we'll be having a good friend, Kevin Lynch, from the Patreon group, uh, hanging out with us. Love it. Kevin's a big NBA guy, so I'm excited to have him on. We have a lot of similar interests when it comes to the league. So uh, we're going to be doing the draft of the all-time seven-footers. Um, there's like 16 of them. So this is going to be a very weird draft. Hey, the, the, the later rounds are going to be important. We're going to have some caveats in there, I'm who's, sure. Who's so, taking Bull Bull? Right. He's going to have to be taken take my, my boy because Bull there's Bull. not enough roster spots. So I love it. Yeah. You guys are doing awesome stuff over there. Definitely go check out Late Night Reds with Tim and Ben. Um, go check out Red Lake Roundtable. Oh, yeah. How can I forget new that? show to the Riverfront lineup this week. Seth Shaner dropped a long form sit down with Adam Rosales. That was just fantastic. Super. Good. I I love listening to some of these guys and their stories. You you just can't beat it. Um, Seth should have brought this up earlier. Perfect time to go out there and try to get a little sit down with Demetri Young, maybe Pokey Reese. But I will ask if you do get Demetri Young on your podcast, invite Tim so they can talk about wrestling for a little while. Yeah, it's not please. so much to ask. Please. And then yeah, we um it's off season now, but there could be some Riverfront uh, Bengals show content coming your way, and that's gonna do it for episode number 525 of the Riverfront Red Show. Tell your friends, tell your cousins, tell your friends to tell their cousins to go like and subscribe to the show. We appreciate you more than we already do. And once again, huge, huge, huge thank you to our supporters at patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy, without whom the show would not be possible. And lastly, shout out to SeatGeek, the geeks of the seats. Yeah. For sponsoring this episode, you're amazing. Promo code Riverfront. And a little bit of shouts to Adam Dunn, to Lisa Alberto, Wayne Crenchicki, and Eli Cash for Tim Benson. And Demetri Young. This is Nate Dotson saying so long, Cincinnati. Yeah.